the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. How would you like to start and build a six-figure voiceover business? Well, how do you even like to get into voiceovers? We have one of the most sought-after voiceover artists and coaches with us. His name is Bill DeWeese, and he joins us. Welcome to the program. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. And, you know, I just want to let you know that when I watch your videos, as a lot of people do on YouTube, my wife said, you care more about Bill DeWeese than I do, than, than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've been accused of that before, but I mean, I'm, I'm flattered. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. You're on all the time offering great I content. Am. And it's sometimes you, know, you can get in between people because you be, people become addicted to your videos that talk about voiceovers. Why do you suppose... People are so interested in getting into that field. You know, it's amazing. I had no idea how many people were actually interested in the field of voiceover until I began working in it. And anytime it comes up in conversation, for instance, if somebody says, so what do you do? And I'll say, well, I record voiceovers. Nine times out of ten, that person will say, oh, yeah, I've thought about doing that before. Or my husband or my wife or my boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, you know, has thought about that. Or people have always said, hey, you have a great voice. You should do this. It, it seems that almost everybody at some point in their life has had a thought about recording voiceovers. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it seems to be the case in my experience with talking with people. Yeah, and everyone thinks they could do it and that it's easy. And then all of a sudden you put the mic in front of them. And as you mentioned that people just all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, bidee, bidee, you know, they fall flat. Yeah. And why does it yeah. sound so easy? And, um, and did it was it always easy for you? No, no. And, you know, I, th I think it's that way with anything where a, cer a person has achieved a certain level of uh, proficiency. Um, you know, people would listen to your podcast and, and you make it sound easy. But yet, if they haven't done it before, you know, they don't realize how difficult it can be True. to interview people. Um, and so, I mean, it's the same thing with uh, – I had a guy actually uh, – uh, I was just mentioning before the show uh, that you know my my basement we're in the process of a remodel and I had to hire a guy to to uh, tear down my my pool table and 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 to put it back up and um, you know he's as he's doing this I'm thinking I mean he makes it look so easy and but it's a very complicated do you have any idea how complicated that process is <laughs> no <laughs> it weigh, they weigh like a ton I mean <laughs> literally like a ton they're the huge slates that have to be put in I mean it's uh, so when you're looking at somebody else that's very proficient in something, they make it look so simple and so easy. But but anything, um, you know, most people th that make something look easy, you'll find out that it wasn't nearly that easy. Well, like a lot of people, myself going on YouTube, looking and, and discovering about voiceovers, there is your name, Bill DeWeese. And right away, you notice something just a little bit different, that this man has really good content. And uh, there are people who are writing, I think I should be paying you for this, as far as the, the kind of info that they're getting. And it really, I think there's a difference between really good content that you provide where people can learn and just kind of showmanship and uh, hey i'm the coach who can you know yeah. um you're really informing people uh, a great deal and and they're benefiting from it and uh, how does it feel i mean not only do you do wonderful voiceovers we'll get to that in a minute but how rewarding is it to be a coach it's it's very rewarding and i've always had uh, a desire and drive to help people from uh you know i years ago worked in radio and uh, spent most of that time, in addition to working on air, as a program director and as a station manager. So I've always liked developing talent. And then I taught uh, for a number of years uh, as a professor at a local university. And so I've always been in a position of mentoring and teaching um, 
not something I sought out. It just seemed to be the way my life evolved, and I think maybe it's a gift. But for whatever Definitely. reason, people do seem to seek me out for that. So I've I've enjoyed it very much. And thank you for your kind uh, remarks regarding my YouTube channel. You know, uh, when I set it up to do it, the purpose really, you know, I, I don't need, I already make a very comfortable living, so I don't need coaching to support me, so I don't have that pressure that mm -hmm. some people do have because they need it, and I don't. So therefore, it frees me up to where I can just enjoy it and I can give people what I feel they need. And um, and I wanted to create a channel with lots, I don't know how many hundreds of hours of content, but there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot. And uh, and I do, I mean, I do have services I do charge for that require, you know, more personal and in-depth work and that kind of thing. But but I've got, the, I wanted to create this, this platform where if people want to find out information, you know, without a lot of BS or, mm -hmm. you know, being spun it into a sales pitch, I just want to give them good information. So I hope it's accomplishing, it seems to be accomplishing that, that task. Yeah, that's an understatement because let's face it that we're used to these kind of, hey, type of voiceovers or the big voice type of thing like that. Wow, I wish yeah. I could do that all the time. Hey. And, um, yeah. but, but the truth is <laughs> that you've got this squeaky, squeaky voice guy like me coming on saying, hey. <laughs> you know, but the, the thing is people want your voice. They really do. And, and what they want I guess it's a noisy world, and what you do is you eliminate all the distractions, and you just focus on the script. And why do we get carried away with voiceovers when people try this and do nonsensical things? Or why is it so hard to focus at the task at hand? Yeah, well, first of all, again, thank you. I, I, I appreciate um, you know what, what you're saying. Um, and I, I, I think the problem, and I, I talk about this really at length when I'm, when I'm coaching people, is that what people, what voice seekers, people who hire voiceover talent, what they're looking for today, maybe more than at any other, other time in history, is authenticity. Yes. Um, if you go back, and I could, I mean, I could lecture on this for a long time, but if you go back several decades, um, uh, the paradigm of the way most, the way we related to each other in society was very military. And authoritative and hierarchical, if that's a word. Um, but people didn't talk with you necessarily. They spoke at you, people in quote-unquote authority. So whether that is the government, to the people, you know, even in organizations and churches, it was very authoritarian in the way parents deal with children. Um, and the voiceovers were the same way. If you think back, it was mostly older guys with these big, deep, authoritative <laughs> voices. And they didn't speak with you. They spoke at you. And they told you the way, you know, it was very... Mm, you know, and I think that was born out of that more military uh, type paradigm. Um, fast forward to 2017, and it started long before this year. Um, but that, and there are announcers out there. Don't get me wrong, but by and large, that's a dying art form. Um, it's amazing that we bought into that, though, all these years. You know, yeah, now it's like, hey, know, could I know, have some regular people, please? Now all of a sudden, I, it is, and, and there's something about. People, I'm all of us. When we get behind a microphone, we want to become this other persona that yeah. we think we should sound like, or we think that other people want. Uh, now it's time to sound like the voiceover guy. And the truth <laughs> is, people you know, don't want at least that. Nine times out of ten, yeah, they don't. Want, they just they want a, a regular guy or girl or you know whatever the case may be. They just want they want to know that you that you feel and you bleed and you breathe just like they right. do. Otherwise, they don't believe you. And we, voiceover is all about <laughs> being believed. 
Well, that's true. Now, there was a sneak peek of uh, a counseling session, a coaching session that you had online, okay? And yeah. the guy that you had was really an announcer type, okay? And so you're trying to yeah. change him to be just a regular guy. And you right. could almost see that how difficult that is. I'm, does that happen a lot where people think oh, like, yeah. hey, I got this great mic and I got the mixer and the sound stuff. I want to sound like the, you know, Wolfman Jack or something, oh, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it to their ears, you're trying to get them to sound like a normal person. Uh, or as the hardest fr- thing to do. Yeah, we're being from, being for them. like from Long Island. Can I get a normal, normal poison here? And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, that must be. Do people say, "Hey, I didn't. I didn't sign up for that. I don't want to be normal. I want to be over you the know, top." What's interesting is I don't have people fight me on it. Um, I, you know, I think the people that come to me have heard enough, and that's one of the reasons YouTube is there. It's to get you know get to know me a little bit. Mm-hmm. They, they they trust me, so it's not so much an issue of believing me. It's an issue of of them trusting themselves to do it because. It's like um, the best way I can explain it is like there's this little subconscious voice. Like let's say you and I right now, Michael, Michael were, were to do a, a voiceover session and I was to coach you. Okay. Um, and I've done this enough times to know that it's, it happens the same way every time. I give you a script and subconsciously you are you know you you go into you'll go into pre- what I call presentation mode, meaning okay, uh, now I need to make sure this sounds good. So the focus is on how it sounds to you. And that's why people in voiceover get caught up in equipment and microphones mm. and how my voice sounds today. Whereas on the other side of the mic, the people who are listening to you, that's not how they listen to you. They don't care what microphone you have. I mean, <laughs> you need to sound good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they don't care. The, what, what they're listening for, and again, it's subconscious on their part. They're listening for, do, do I believe this person? And here's the formula. If, if I may just break out the formula oh, yeah. for you. It is pretty simple. People who want to work in voiceover, um, they have to make the person listening to them, whether that's an agent or a casting director or a client, they have to make them believe them. So, for instance, if you hear me, the question is, do you believe me or not? And here's how you make, here's how somebody believes somebody else. It's, I can never speak well enough. I can never sound professional enough. I can never buy enough equipment hmm. to make you believe me. The only way I make you believe me is if I ha- if I can get you to feel something, something, anything. And the only way you feel something is if I feel it first. So the, 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 the formula for performance success in voiceover is I have to feel what I'm doing. Whatever the, whether the, emo- like, for, let me give you a, for, can I give you a for instance? Of course. Um, I had a, a recording session this morning. It was a directed session with a client where I was recording for, uh, it's, uh, it's a PGT Windows, I think is what they're called. And they're and they're marketing to people in the aftermath of the recent hurricanes. This is about like hurricane doors and, and windows. And the beginning of the script was to set a tone of uncertainty, and um, you know a bit of I don't say fear because it wasn't it wasn't a fear mongering spot. It was just are you ready for the next hurricane kind of thing. And so my job was to make the person listening feel like oh yeah yeah this I mean I don't want that to happen to me again, you know. And then at the end I offer hope. You know, it's a problem. It's, good, it's a good timing for this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what they're doing. I mean, they're pushing these commercials. And so my job is to make the audience feel that. Uh, and it could be joy. It could be love. It could be um, uh, compassion. It could be hope. It could be fear. It could be uncertainty. It could be tension. It could be any number of things. But if I feel it, you'll feel it. If you feel it, I have a good chance of getting hired for that job. So let's be honest. 
Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Do we love the yeah. sound of our own voice? And oh, you're, you're asking goodness. me to connect with another human being. And I was actually watching some channel with Manny Patinkin, uh, Broadway actor and, uh, you know, actor in general. And he says it's all about connecting. I have to connect. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, people who do voiceovers, I'm sure that some of them are so introverted, or let's just say that. It might be just difficult to get them to feel something, but that's where I'm it sure is. you've seen careers take off once that clicks in and you have to connect with human emotions or the psychology and things like that. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Um, I mean, I don't know if you follow or much into the whole Myers-Briggs, mm -hmm. but my personality profile for those who are into Myers-Briggs is INFJ. So I'm introvert, introverted and feeling. Um and so my, you know, given the option, I'm not going to jump out on stage in front of people. That's just not where I'm comfortable. Um, that's why I work well in a booth <laughs> by myself here in my, in my basement. <laughs> uh, it's perfect. It's perfect for me. And what's the square um, footage? I know you call it a whisper uh, room is what it's yeah, called. It's but called a whisper room. It's like a prefab booth, recording booth. It's three and a half feet wide by five feet long by six and a half feet tall. I mean, it's, a, it's like a tall, I mean, like a small little closet. And Bill, is that true? Your favorite movie is The Shawshank Redemption? Just kidding. Oh, just kidding. You yeah, know what? Yeah, <laughs> another another it month in solitary. <laughs> <laughs> Except there is a window in here. In the As hole. Fact, I'm looking out right now. I can see outside, which is kind of nice. But yeah, well, that's funny. Our audience should know, I mean, some of the biggest, and I mean the biggest, uh, advertisers in the world contact you, and you're so humble about it. So how do you not let this get to your head? And, and what's behind giving so much back, again, with emails and phone calls? And, and I don't even know how you do it. But um, why, why do we let it get to our head? I'm glad that you're not one of those people. Thank God. Well, first of all, let me say I'm very fortunate and blessed to have the clients that I do. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to me. As I look back over you know the past 12 years since I first started doing this and the body of work, it's it's so more than I could have ever have dreamt, <laughs> that's for sure. And so I, I pinch myself every day. I mean, get kid at Christmas. It's like I get to do this, and I can't mm -hmm. believe these people still want me to do what I do. So I, f I feel very fortunate. In terms of humility, um, a lot of – a good – most of that comes from my family. You know, nobody knows like knows you like your family. You might impress other people. You don't impress your family. Um, well, you might, but you know what I mean. It, it stays in perspective. Yeah, my and Thanksgiving, they say, family. hey, Bill, could you do my, can you do my uh, phone voiceover thing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like if you're a doctor. Uh, hey, can you take a look at this for me? Um, <laughs> so my daughter has actually worked for me as my full-time assistant for hmm. the past 10 years. And because I got to the place where I needed somebody to run my office and to help coordinate, because I work all day. I mean, usually I'm recording all day, so somebody has to, to work air traffic control to, to, to manage all the projects. Um, you know, she, she helps keep me. <laughs> would you, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Would you trade all this in for like a Bill Dewey school or something like that, like a brick and mortar and people, you got backers you know, and – I wouldn't, and it's it's funny because um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert that has always led an extrovert's life. You know, <laughs> I, I worked in radio. Mm -hmm. I was, and that's all I dreamt of growing up. Um, and I was a morning show guy, and so uh, you know, did that. I'm a musician, and I, you know, I've traveled around and done that and this. So, I, and that's always creates a certain level of stress. I mean, I've enjoyed it, but it's for an introvert that's hard. It takes a lot of energy. So being kind of 
hold up in my little booth here in my closet fits me fine right now. And I don't know that I could ever leave it, in all honesty, for a, a brick and mortar or being out there where I'm kind of pressing the flesh, so to speak. So you're in there all the time. And have you ever heard through the voiceover room, which is I think it's like soundproof. Hey, Bill, come to dinner. Like you ever yeah. you ever hear oh, you're yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Why did oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it, so I yeah, no, I hear that kind of stuff or. You know, now, usually my wife will try to text me, but sometimes I don't get a signal down here, so she'll have to yell. Or I've, She's been known to stomp her feet around upstairs, so I'll hear that, too. That's another way I can know I'm being called to dinner. Well, let's talk about where your book really excels. Once again, Bill DeWeese, our special guest, one of the most sought-after voiceover actors, artists in the world, and coach. His book is called How to Start and Build a Six-Figure Voiceover Business, where I think you're not only in, in reviews on Amazon, where it separates itself, but the content is, you know, you, you have an MBA, your focus that, hey, I'm, I'm blessed to do this work, but it's a business. And is yeah. that where people kind of don't have, you know, or the, as the scriptures say, you know, the people will perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. you give people the kind of knowledge they need so they can, as the missing word here, to start and build, to build something. And I'm sure people have stars in their eyes, voiceover is great. They spend, I don't know, $3,000 on a demo, whatever it is, but then yeah. they fall off because they don't have the business knowledge. And tell us about your yeah. book as far as that, because I think it's it's exceptional. Well, thank you. And, and again, to use another scriptural reference, you know, you really need to count the cost before you start building. Yes. Because, and part of that is, is information, and I don't mean financial cost. I mean, there is some of that involved, but it's that's not the, that's not the bulk of it. It's it's a cost of, of time and the discipline of learning. Um you know, so uh, when I when I wrote the book, the idea was I really just wanted to, I, you know, I'm a no nonsense kind of person mm -hmm. when it comes to voiceover information. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sing and dance and just kind of make up stuff. I just want to tell you how it works because, and I'm really, I think at heart, a business guy. And so for me, I just want to boil boil it down to to a, to its essence. So, uh, but people, most people who do not succeed in voiceover, it's not because they don't have the talent or skill. I mean. I've seen people with what I would consider to be from point, I mean, mediocre skills who have been wildly successful as voiceover talent uh, because they did all the other work as well. And that's the thing that you know, most people get enamored with the whole working behind a microphone. It's understandable. You know, it, it can be kind of seductive, the idea of, oh, yeah, I get to, you know, when I like I recently did a, a voice for um, of Lego City Policeman, you know, cool. a, a toy. And and I'm not I'm not a character actor. I mean, I've done quite a bit of that kind of stuff, but I don't consider myself that. Never dreamt that I would be doing that kind of work. But you know, when I the idea of doing that to me, that's like wow, I can't believe I actually did that. And so we get caught up in that, but we don't remember or we are not aware that there's a lot of work that goes into building that kind of business. Let me just give you a quick mm -hmm. instance. Yes. Um, in two a couple years ago, I was hired by Chevy. Um, back when they launched their uh, Find New Roads campaign, um, I was the brand. I was the I was the brand voice for Chevrolet for every country outside of the U.S. They hired John Cusack to do all of their U.S. commercials. They hired me to do every all commercials outside of the U.S. for every other, you know, for uh, for every other country. And um, that the agency that I got that job through, um, I had been I had an association with for. I think four or five years before I ever got that job. And that's one of the first jobs I was ever hired for. And up to this point, it's the biggest job I've ever been hired for. So my point being, I had to market and then I had to maintain a relationship for years hmm. before I even got hired. 
for that job. And that's just the thing that a lot of people don't think about or know or understand. Well, I think that's what's invaluable about the book because – I think it can get burnt down. I mean, after you've got, you know, the greatest equipment and all that, and maybe, I don't you tell me if people are spending too much right off the bat, you know, for a demo, if they're interested, oh, yeah. but it's the interpersonal communication and the business part of it, which will keep people in the business for a very long time. And you share that you're very transparent about it in your book. So, well, let's talk about that for just a minute, because let's say you're interested and they have, I don't know, pay to play sites. We know about that. Or you just, you could call the local person next door. I don't, I don't know. Um, but people tend to, when do they peter out of this whole thing? I mean, they check you out maybe and some stay and some go, what, what separates the men from the boys, if you will, and and the women, the girl, and the women too? Let's include them. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. I, I'll tell I'll tell you what it is. It's it's endurance. It's it's the stick to itness, stick with itness, whatever whatever you want to call that. Um, I always say that voiceover, really any business, and voiceover is no different from any other business. It's just a different product. That's all. It's still business. Um, it it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Hmm. And most people, uh, whether they are conscious of it or not, they think of this or anything else they get into, they get excited about. Oh, this looks cool. You know, in their mind, it's a sprint, meaning it's going to, I'm going to see results quickly. Well, it doesn't, and some, you might, and if so, then that's awesome. But 99 times out of 100, that's not the way it works. I mean, you, you're sowing seed, and you have to wait, and you have to cultivate that. You know, uh, for that to happen. And so if there is if there was some magic fairy dust I could sprinkle over people when they get into this would be uh, that, that would enable them to hang in there when it seems that nothing's happening. Let me give you a for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy recently um, uh, who, who went through some of my training or he is now. But prior to that, he had signed up with one of these pay to play sites that you had just mentioned where essentially you pay an annual fee to have access to auditions. He had auditioned over a thousand times with absolutely no success. Mm. Well, most people would think, well, that means I'm terrible. I can't do this. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means you probably don't know what you're doing. And, and I mean, you know, seriously, you just there's some things you don't understand. Come again? Understand <laughs> yeah. You, you just, it's not because you're not talented enough. It's because you don't understand, number one, how the system works which is totally unrelated to talent. You have to understand the platforms and how they work. If you're going to play a game, you got to know the rules of the game. Hmm. And then secondly, probably has not de- de- you know, developed the, uh, the auditioning skills that are required to be competitive. Not hard to learn, but you have to, you know, you have to learn them. Um, so you know, there are people out there who, who are you know, out there spinning their wheels and, and expending lots of, of resources, time, energy, and money. And they just don't, but in places where they're not getting a return because they just don't know what they're doing. Well, that's invaluable because a lot of people are on those sites and it can be, I'm sure, very daunting for them. And uh, you get a lot of emails. Maybe people are in tears. Bill, you're my only hope left. I've sent. Practically. Yeah. You can get that uh, type of thing. I get that a lot. I hear that. And, you know, and that's not. And by the way, that is not an indictment against pay to play sites. Mm -hmm. I make a lot of money through those sites, but it's because I understand how it works now. I've been on them for 12 years. You know, I've I've learned how to do that. And that's what I help teach other people to do. 
but it's it's you know people just they jump into something with an expectation that is not realistic well let me ask you this what's the most in your the most rewarding thing in all of your coaching i mean if you a lot of experiences i mean hours and hours of youtube videos and, and great information but if you could in a nutshell take your whole experience in voiceovers what do you think is one or two or three of the most rewarding things about it as a coach, as a voiceover as a artist, and what do you think you'd like to see change about this business? Well, uh, oh, wow. Okay, well, let's start as a coach. Um, you know, there are there are occasionally those moments that stand out that make me, you know, uh, first of all, let me back up. Um, it can be kind of stressful being a coach because I keep, I keep a full-time recording schedule. So, and there's a lot of demand for my time for coaching as well. So it can get to be a bit stressful. So it's nice when you get that positive feedback. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, one of the highlights of my, my coaching career, um, I had one of my students do a really long uh, post on, on Facebook, and she had just, she made the decision to go get into voiceover. She was celebrating her one-year anniversary, and she shared about um, how she had, she had been, uh, her employer had allowed her to work from home, uh, but he, they were requiring her now to come back to work, and she had just had a baby, and which means 90% of what she would make would be spent in childcare. And she decided to take the leap into voiceover. And she went on to, to talk about the success that she had seen over this past year. <laughs> and um, and you know she was thanking me, and it I mean literally it brought me to tears. It's um, I'm an, I'm a softie I guess at heart, and it just that kind of stuff. That's to see somebody succeed. That and it may has an impact. And by success, everybody defines that differently. But for her, it was the ability to go home. And then the, this uh, her employer offered her more money, but she was making so much more money in voiceover, she didn't need that anymore. And so that was a highlight there. Um, in terms of um, voiceover, oh my goodness, there. I'll just I'll just give you a few. Um, I do a lot of work for Disney. Mm-hmm. And that's been a real thrill, thrill. And I don't do character work for Disney. I do stuff for their uh, the Disney Vacation Club. So I've been the voice of that for the past couple of years. And uh, anytime you get to work with an organization like that, that's you know, for me that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, you get free uh, tickets there to the. No, uh... <laughs> I don't. Come on. You know, people ask me that all the time. So do you get? I get no perks. <laughs> and let me let me tell you why. Now, yeah. not with Disney, I do work directly, but with a lot of my clients, even the bigger clients, it's done through a middle person. Uh, it could be a talent agency or a production company. Um, and so most of the time, I do not have direct contact with the end client. It's through this, uh, you know, this intermediary. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, those opportunities, at least at this point in my career, uh, I, I don't benefit in that way. I just get the pay that's agreed upon, and, that, and that's all. <laughs> um, and I've actually, I've got another thing. I was just contacted the other day, and I can't give, I can't give details at this point. Okay. Um, it's through, this is through an agency in New York, and uh, I've been identified by a, um, a grocery chain um, who would like for me to be their voice mm-hmm. in 2018. And... Um, there was a really nice size number attached to that, and I'm mm. waiting to hear the final details on that. But this could end up being my highlight. But uh, Wonderful. I, I'm still waiting to hear the final word on that. But that's looking very good. Um, and what would I like to see change in the industry? Yes. You know, when you get into the industry, Michael, that's a. You know, I always ask, well, so what is the industry? You know, people look at it differently. Um, what I'd like to do is I would love to be able to open the mind of people who have been doing this for a while. 
uh, because there is, like there is almost any business, technology is a disruptor. And technology disrupted voiceover, uh, you know, a number of years back, like it did most other businesses. And computers and uh, the Internet and uh, music industry becoming cheaper. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's and that's a great example. You know, with like, for instance, if you're a musician, we don't necessarily need a, a label now to, to be successful. You know, you can go directly to your customers. And it's the same thing in voiceover. Uh, I've got agents, but, you know, they account for like less than 2% of my income. Um, I do, you know, I'm my own agent. And I wish I could get other people who have done this for a while to not look at people like me as a threat hmm. or the end of the industry. Because people who have worked in a certain, you know, it's like, well, I've been in the union. Or I've been represented by the best of Broadway. And yeah, here comes exactly. this man who's... Who are you? Yeah. You know, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Um, you're killing, you're killing me and you're training other people to do it, (laughs) but you know, it's a brave new world and you either adapt or you die, you die. And I don't wish them ill and I want them to succeed. I would love for them to to have a shift of of thinking to say, okay, like for instance, right now I'm working with a guy and I don't think he would mind me mentioning his name. His name is Mark Driscoll and, uh, uh, Kiss FM in Los Angeles. Yes, I know Mark, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Mark? Okay, yeah, yeah. He used to, back when uh, Rick Dees was morning guy, he was the voice of KISS FM. I think he became the voice of KISS FM just about every place in the country after that. Mark contacted me um, a couple of months ago and said, you know what, I, I things are changing, and um, I need to change with it. And he said, I love what you're doing, and he, will you help me? And so I get excited by a guy like that who is, I mean, he's been around for a while, you know, but he's not stuck in his way of thinking, and he wants to adapt to what's going on, and so we're working on that right now. I wish everybody was that way. I would love it if they were. You know, I want to make a correction. I thought you meant uh, Mark Driscoll, the pastor. Oh, not no, the... no, I'm sorry. Mark <laughs> I don't know the other guy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's right. I should have, I should, I should have crossed my mind. I know Mark Driscoll, uh, the, yeah. the radio guy, uh-huh. and the voiceover. I think at one point he was like doing promos for ABC. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been huge in voiceover and in radio, but... Um, you know, again, he sees the change and he realizes he can't continue to get work the way he used to get work. And so those are the people I love to work with. And I wish more people would begin to shift their mm-hmm. way of thinking and understanding that you got to work with the way things are, not the way you wish they were. That's interesting. And can we just one idea here? Can we just open up a Bill DeWeese uh, business school, like an online school for voiceovers where at least people can enroll? And, well, you know, I've got please. That. Uh, that's a great segue. And yeah, I don't even know if if you're aware of this or not, Michael. But I I, I do have a, uh, um, I do uh, yeah, I have a whole online thing. Isn't you know what I could do? I need to think of the best way to do this. I have like an introductory webinar to teach people the, the basics of getting started. Maybe there's a way I could share that with you. Oh, we'll definitely put that on the uh, on the the web there for people. And you can mention it too. But we'll we'll have I think you have like five or six different links. But I'm going to put them all on there for the interview here, so everybody can see it. I put together, uh, you mentioned school, but it's, it's like 60 hours of training uh, that may overwhelm people, but it's broken down into small, into small modules. And then I have like a, a coaching group that are, you know, people who do this training, um, you know, we, we meet every week on a coaching webinar call. And, and so, you know, I do, that's kind of the latest iteration of what I'm doing. I'm trying to evolve my coaching to better prepare people to be successful. I can definitely see this. Sometimes the light bulb goes off in my brain there, and I can, I can absolutely see something like that, because this is what people yeah. need. This is why they're gleaning from all your YouTube videos. So our audience should know, Bill DeWeese, go to YouTube, and also we'll include all the links for his site and services. And just so people know, not only people getting into voiceovers, but Bill trains the 
best of the best of the best the commercials that people know. So I, I like how you're open to everybody and just to help in, in the industry itself. So once again, how to start and build a six-figure voiceover business. Set your voiceover career on fire. It's got a lot of great reviews. Go out and get it. Bill Deweese, number one voiceover artist and trainer in the world. Uh, has, at least I think so. A lot of people think so, too. He's with us. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure.